This episode of The New Way We Work is brought to you by Verizon, the network America relies on. This is Secrets of the Most Productive People, a productivity podcast where we work smarter instead of harder and dissect exactly how to get it all done. I'm Fast Company Deputy Editor, Kate Davis. I'm Fast Company Assistant Editor, Pavitra Mohan. And I'm Fast Company Staff Editor, Julia Herbst. This week, we're talking about how to find a job in the middle of a pandemic and the biggest recession since the Great Depression. So we are at, you know, what is what is probably the worst recession since the Great Depression. Um, by some estimates, almost 20% of Americans are unemployed right now. It's probably the worst time to look for a job. Let's maybe start by by our experiences in looking for, for jobs and being out of work, I will say, you know, the, the thing that people keep comparing it to, but there's kind of no comparison is, is the last recession. And, um, I'm old enough that I, that I was working during that last recession. I I actually had my first magazine job I got in 2007 and I was laid off in 2009. Um, what happened was the, the magazine was sold. We had pay cuts Um, there were, there was a round of layoffs. It was kind of like, you know, a year plus into the recession where we were feeling like, okay, we kind of made it through, we can breathe a sigh of relief. And, and then I was laid off and it was devastating. It was the first time I ever lost a job. I was actually, which I think a lot of people maybe now can relate to feeling, you know, that, that blindsided. I remember I was praised by, by my editor literally moments before I was laid off. You know, she said, Kate's wonderful. She's never missed a deadline. And then I was laid off by, you know, a higher up. It was kind of a a line item sort of sort of a thing. And it was it was really devastating. And it was a a period of unemployment that lasted for a long time for me and kind of came with like a lot of different like reinventions. I, I did a lot of freelance work during that time. I took some kind of short term gigs you know, I took like a, a short term um, magazine editor job. I took a, a, a kind of a tangential job editing scripts for a while. Um, I also became a certified yoga teacher um, and started teaching yoga as like a side hustle. I did a lot of freelance, but it was it was a period of um, about two years before I landed my next full time job. So I I'm definitely thinking of that time now and thinking of, of what people are going through in their in their job hunt now. Did either one of you have like a in a time of, of not of unemployment or of job searching, even if it was just after college? Yeah, I was not working during the last recession. But even when I was looking for a job, let's say five or six years after that, um, it was difficult. And especially in journalism, you know, I had to do kind of a string of fellowships. And in between that, you're unemployed and looking for the next opportunity. And so I found that really challenging to navigate. And I think ultimately, I sort of just made some compromises as to what I was looking for and what I was willing to take, Um, all of which was great because it led me to Fast Company. But it it is really difficult, I think, especially in that time when it feels like a lot of people around you are employed. Um, I was surrounded by people who had found these really stable jobs. And so I think that was a difficult thing in an industry that was already, you know, unstable even at that time. Yeah, I think most people in journalism at this point in time have experience this sadly. I mean, it's just such a crazy time to be in this in this industry and 
every other publication I've worked at has had cuts and various things. I actually wasn't affected in them, but, you know, just the experience of watching so many people who you admire and have worked closely with get laid off, you know, through no fault of their own, but just because of, you know, industry cuts is, is a very challenging thing. And, you know, the, the freelance option um, works great for some people. It's something I've experimented with, but I knew that was like never my goal. So when I was changing between things, it was always with the idea of trying to get a staff job. And, you know, they're just fewer and fewer of those these days. So I guess, you know, one, one of the, the pieces of advice that, that we've covered a lot is is when it's difficult to kind of make those, you know, long-term plans. I think I, th- I think maybe the, the three of us are, are similar in, in what we want. You know, we, we all have staff jobs, full-time staff jobs. And when each of us were, was looking for work, that was what our, our end goal was. But this is probably a, a pretty difficult time to say, I want a full-time staff job somewhere. So if making a long or even medium-term plan right now is difficult, you know, the, the advice that we're seeing is to make a short-term plan. What are some of the advice that we're seeing on like how to make those short-term plans? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing that we've been hearing a lot is just that you need to be kind of honest with yourself about what you need to be doing to put you in the best position to get through this moment in time and being really honest about what those circumstances are. You know, people need jobs. Um, sometimes that could mean doing a variety of freelancing things, doing those short-term gigs like you mentioned, coming up with other solutions to kind of bridge this gap. You know, I, I think we all might have this aspirational dream job or place that we want to be getting to long term. Um, But sometimes there can be short departures from that, or you can do things that you think will set you up long term to be in a better position, you know, when the economy improves and when there might be more jobs out there. Yeah. um, Jeff Berger, who is the CEO of career services company Talent Inc., recently wrote an article for Fast Company where he recommended thinking about what you can do in 30 and 60 and 90 days um, and then to kind of look at your skills and opportunities and where you can sort of leverage what you're best at in different capacities. So I, I think a lot of people are really mostly concerned with making money in the moment. And so they're obviously going to have to look at industries where maybe there's more hiring if their own industry is not equipped to be bringing people on right now. So Areas like healthcare or logistics and shipping, food supply, um, those are some of the areas that experts are saying to kind of look at right now. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, one of the other pieces of advice that we're seeing a lot is is about networking in digital spaces, which is really helpful because it does seem like, you know, so much about job hunting and, you know, something that can be really frustrating in job hunting is, is saying like, oh, it's, it's, not, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And like, you know, I, I remember feeling really frustrated like well I don't know anybody you know like especially when you're starting out but and also if you're switching industries which I think a lot of people are probably looking at doing right now if you don't know anybody you can feel like I don't even know where to begin because even if there are job postings throwing your your resume you know to a job posting is like throwing it into a black hole sometimes but um, I think there's a lot of opportunity for for networking in digital spaces, and and since those physical events aren't aren't coming back anytime soon, you know there there's opportunities to look for a lot of like digital networking events or or reaching out to to people digitally. Yeah, and I think just given the climate, a lot of people might be more willing to do that informational interview or have a casual conversation with you, even if you know you haven't known them for many years or it's not a professional connection that you've already made. I think people understand that this is, you know, an unprecedented time in many ways and are willing to kind of take that extra time since they're just sitting in their houses mostly to, you know, to have that conversation and make a connection with you. 
Yeah. And I there's a lot of stuff out there right now that is just accessible because people are doing panels and events online. And I think that's a really great resource in this moment. And you may not have been able to access those people before or attend those events. And I think that can be a great place to, you know, either figure out who you should be talking to or just get some advice from experts that you might not usually be able to hear from directly. Yeah. And I definitely think that maybe in this moment, your physical location matters a lot less. I mean, you know, oftentimes just where you're based, you know, if you're not in New York or the Bay Area or, you know, other big cities, it can be hard to access those opportunities. So that might be one nice thing now is that everybody is in that way, like on a level playing field in the moment. Yeah. And and that's actually something that, you know, we've been covering a lot that that might remain, you know, it might help you open up your job search in general too, that you don't have to all be crowded in, in, you know, these cities that are inaccessible and, and unaffordable for a lot of people that it's possible to now get a job that maybe was unattainable because of your location too. And and I think, I think kind of the third thing that we've been seeing a lot of advice around and we've touched on it a little bit is like the, the value of, of, of contract and, and freelance work. I think as we, we all mentioned, you know, all three of us, dabbled in freelance work in our periods of unemployment and that may be really obvious for journalists but I think there's there's an ability to do part-time work or contract work or you know even gig economy sort of work thinking of of work as as right now as a it doesn't have to be the the full-time job that that maybe you desire that maybe you had you thought of work as before. Yeah, I was actually going to say my brother is currently doing this. He's been finding gigs on Upwork, but there are a lot of um, you know options for people who are willing to do that sort of work. And you know, obviously, caveat there being that gig work is not necessarily financially sustainable for some people. But I think there are opportunities, whether it's in tech or, like you said, media communications, that could pay you uh, pretty well, or at least like kind of keep you afloat during this time if you're not able to find a full time gig. It can also just be a good way to test the waters on something and see if it's the kind of thing you like doing or could see yourself doing as a more full-time job. And it can Mm -hmm. also be another way to make connections. Yeah. Um, You know, I've definitely found really good writers that way and, you know, developed relationships when I was doing freelance work um, on the other side of things just to, to be able to make those connections in a meaningful way and to have people see the type of work that you can produce. Yeah. And I mean... As, as I did when, when I was unemployed and it was, a, it was a little bit born out of desperation of, you know, the freelance work I was doing was not cobbling together enough. It was looking at my hobbies and I'd been doing yoga for a decade and I thought, well, could I teach yoga? And so I took a training and, and started doing it and, you know, started doing something that I obviously never would have pursued had I had a full-time job that whole time. And I don't think I ever viewed it as I'm going to be a full-time yoga teacher. I, I knew that I was, you know, going to always be a, a journalist first, but it was, you know, for for lack of a better term, a good side hustle for a while, and it, it certainly got me out of my comfort zone, which is, you know, a good thing always. Right now, it's time to press pause and get your pen ready because you might want to write this down. How to look for a job in the middle of a pandemic. Number one. Think short term. This might be somewhat counterintuitive advice, given that a career is a marathon, not a sprint. However, we're living in a time when things are changing extremely fast, hour by hour and day by day. In this instance, it's best to plan for what would be best for you in the next 30, 60, or 90 days. Ask yourself what your priorities are during this time. Is it to build a financial cushion? 
Are you looking for a job that can provide a degree of stability and consistency? Or are you in a financial position to focus solely on professional opportunities with the understanding that finding the right next position can take you longer in this pandemic? Number two, network in digital spaces. Now is the time to update that LinkedIn profile because companies are still hiring, and some industries like healthcare, logistics, and those who provide tools and services for remote work actually have had to ramp up recruitment to meet increased demand. Because companies are generally not conducting on-site or face-to-face interviews or hosting events, a recruiter will likely turn to LinkedIn to source candidates. Make sure that your profile is up-to-date and that you've provided quantifiable achievements in your role descriptions. That's what they'll scan and use to decide whether or not to reach out to you. Number three, look beyond full-time roles. Being an independent contractor or freelancer isn't for everyone. It still allows you to bring in an income and keep your professional skill set fresh when full-time opportunities might be limited. It's also a great way to network with companies so that if a full-time role does become available, you'll have an in with the company and might even be able to bypass the traditional application process. This episode of The New Way We Work is brought to you by Verizon, the network you can rely on for your phone and for your home internet. Find the plan that's right for you at verizon.com. Our guest today is Dorianne St. Fleur. She's a diversity and inclusion strategist, career development coach, and founder of Your Career Girl, Inc. She also hosts the podcast Deeper Than Work. Thanks so much for joining us. So we have so many questions. Um, You know, this is such a difficult time to be looking for work. And unfortunately, millions of people are, are now in this position. So I guess we should probably just start off with the big picture question, how how has the current situation, how has the, the COVID-19 pandemic affected the job search landscape? And how does your advice differ now than it does kind of during normal times? Yeah, so that's a really, really good question. So, I mean, we all know so much has changed because of the pandemic. So whereas, and even in the stage of the pandemic that we're in, whereas when we first started, managers, companies, et cetera, HR departments, we're still hiring, maybe we're slowing it down, don't worry, you can still apply. Now, the sentiment is a little bit different. It's that we're actually freezing, we're laying off, we're not sure, there's so much uncertainty. So I think just addressing the fact that where you may have been in the beginning of the pandemic with your job search, potentially you're not there now because of the shifts in how people are looking at what's going on. So the first thing to me is just to really understanding where you are in this stage in the the pandemic, where your industry is, because believe it or not, while there's some industries, hospitality, travel, who are taking a dive right now, there are other industries health insurance, health in general, tech, that is actually booming and still looking. I was on LinkedIn the other day, hundreds of jobs for um, HR folks, diversity and inclusion folks um, right now. So it just depends on the industry. So I'd say take stock of where you are in the um, process, where you are as far as your industry, where you are as far as your level, just to first understand where things are and what's going on. Um, And then from there, I'd say it's, mostly the same advice that I give in general, which is engaging your network. I think now more than ever, you cannot rely on just what you see posted, what roles you see on LinkedIn, et cetera. Really speak to the people that are around you. 
ask for help. Tell people specifically, I am doing this kind of work today. I would be interested in doing more of the same or possibly something else um, in this specific field, industry, et cetera. Can you help me? Do you know of any roles? Is your job hiring, et cetera? That is always to me across the board something that you should be doing. The second piece is around being able to sell yourself. And I know when people hear that, they think sell yourself in the terms of an interview or something like that. But I mean, even before the interview process starts. And so thinking about how are you putting yourself out there online, um, on different social media platforms, et cetera, as a thought leader in your space. There are so many people now who are looking for jobs. The, the, the market is oversaturated now uh, with people who are looking. How are you going to stand out? Focus on being a thought leader. Uh, and there's different ways to do that, going and posting articles around your specific topic, starting a podcast, being on others' podcasts, publishing your portfolios online, etc. I think now is the time to really think about what is your brand? What do you want to be known for? And not just have it in your head, but put that out there. Let other people see what it is that you bring to the table so that you can stand out. And then I think one of the biggest things that differ from a normal kind of job search season is this idea of flexibility. I think for some people, for some industries, depending on where you are, you can't necessarily, and this hurts me to say because it's so anti what I normally coach people up through, but you can't necessarily be so rigid in this is the role, this is the money, this is even the location. I think depending on where you are, you may have to take some concessions. You may have to do a, a level lower than you typically would do. Maybe you transition into a new role at the same salary or maybe a little bit lower than you potentially would have done before, depending on where you are in your search, in your career, in your life. The way I coach is that it's a holistic view. And so I'm very aware. I'm not naive to the fact that some people like I must work. If I don't work, we don't eat. And so we don't necessarily, in those cases, there isn't necessarily the luxury of being as choosy as you would be in another type of a market. Are you seeing more folks coming to you and saying like, you know, I think the industry that I'm in right now is just not really very viable. I'm, I'm curious about making a pivot, but I'm not really sure where to go, what direction or industry makes the most sense. What do you advise people who are in that sort of situation? Yeah, so, and this is this flip. So if we were in a normal situation, I would start with, let's dig into what your history is, your background, what works well, what doesn't, what are you looking to do? How can we leverage your transferable skills? But now, before that step, I'd say the first step is, Let's research the different markets and industries. So if you were in food services, maybe you were corporate management or something there and it's closed, we don't know when it's opening, or they've decided that when they reopen, certain roles won't be there, potentially that's not a lane you can go down anymore. So let's first start with what tangential industries make sense for you or what's an industry you've always wanted to break into but never would before and then let's look at the viability of that that industry so i think starting there with just what's out in the market what makes sense would be step one then you can overlay transferable skills interests, things like that and see how you can um, do things i think what people a misconception people have is that if i'm on a path doing a specific thing in a specific industry, then I have to continue that, right? But I've seen people who transition from, they're, they're, let's say they're an HR professional and they were HR in healthcare, they successfully transitioned to HR in tech. 
So there's just ways to be creative and think about the 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 combination of industry role, um, company size, even that can help you find the sweet spot of what a potential pivot could look like. So going off of that, you know, some people might be pivoting to an industry that is in higher demand of workers right now, but they might still feel like they want to return to their previous industry, you know, in the future. So I'm curious what advice you have for people who are obviously thinking about the short term, because like you said, they they have to make money and, and they need a job, but how they can kind of uh, balance that with their larger professional ambitions um, and maybe prepare for the future. Yeah, that's a really good question. I think I think the first thing to think about is, and I love the example that you're posing, is that this person knows their career vision, they know where they ultimately want to be, and so that to me is a, a given that if you're making these changes, you should definitely be aligning it with overall goals. And so with that said, the, the next step or the temporary pivot, we'll call it, that they'll make should be somewhat transferable or able to bounce back. So if you go too far off into what it is, and it's going to be like, well, even though, so as I'm saying that I'm thinking right now, we're in a pandemic, it's a, it's an interesting time. The stories, the job stories on interviews for years to come, I think we'll all be able to talk about, well, yeah, that two-year stint was as a result of coronavirus, but now I'm looking to come back. So potentially there's a story there. Um, but in general, I'd say to just really think about how does this next move translate into the, the next next move to make sure that there's still some continuity. And then also, I think a key thing here, and I talked about thought leadership a little bit before is while you're doing this temporary role, still keep those those skills growing in the, the field that you want to eventually go back to. So still put out the thought leadership, still do the articles, still let people know you're here, you're paying attention to the market, you know what's going on, so that it's not such a big shock when it's time for you to transition back. I, I think you've touched on this a little bit, but you know, I, th- I think what a lot of people are feeling since there are so many hiring freezes there, you know, there's so much mass unemployment is I think it feels like such a, a volatile time. And a lot of people are probably feeling just really unmotivated to start looking at all. They're, they're probably feeling like, why, why bother looking for a job? Absolutely nobody is hiring. What advice do you have to give to somebody who's in that situation of, I don't think there's any jobs to even apply for. Why would I even apply for a job? What, what can I you know, I guess I'm just going to wait this out. I'm I'm really, you know, at a loss. What can I do? I think that's a viable option for some people is the first thing I'll say. So depending on where you are, let's say you have some savings and you can wait this out for a few months, or let's say you're not, you haven't been laid off actually. And so you're just going to lay low and, and, and see what happens. I think there are some instances where just waiting it out is the best option. In cases where this person is unemployed though, and it, it, it is, this is a painful time and it would be better for them to be working, I'd say there's, there's no harm in starting the process to see what's out there. And so if you're saying there's nothing out there, I'm not gonna apply, I'm not gonna get anything anyway, and so you don't, then yes, you won't because you haven't done anything at least to try. But I think really being strategic, engaging your network as we talked about, setting yourself out there, attending those virtual events that are popping up all over, being creative, thinking about like, can I do some freelance work actually, or the work that I was getting paid for through my nine to five, 
five, can I now do that in a, in a, in a mini consulting project? Like really just being creative is the advice that I would give. I think there are so many people right now who are reinventing themselves and the way that they used to do work, they're doing it in a different, similar work in a different way or doing things differently altogether. I know it looks bleak and I know that there are a lot of the narrative is that, you know, there's nothing there, no one is hiring. The truth is, statistically speaking, there are people hiring. There are things still out there. Does it look the same as it did before? No. Um, but if you really want to engage in the process, if you really do want to have an outcome of landing a new job, then I think you owe it to yourself to at least try, right? Putting together your resume, overhauling your LinkedIn profile, throwing a, a few articles out there on LinkedIn, talking to your network, just doing some things that feel maybe not that, that aren't overwhelming and don't feel like it's doing too much until you can work your way up there. But I, I do think there is benefit in at least engaging in the process at some level because people are landing jobs every day. And so potentially that could be you, right? And so you won't know though unless you put yourself out there. Can you talk a little bit about what networking is looking like in this moment? You know, you mentioned virtual events and other ways in which people are connecting. What are some kind of easy ways that people can sort of start this process if it feels a little bit daunting? I think the good old fashioned way of just one-on-one -on -one reach outs is a good place to start. So going on LinkedIn or Twitter or your social media of choice and reaching out to people that are either doing the work that you want to be doing or work at the companies you want to work at, reaching out and saying, hey, I'd love to chat. I'd love to set up some time to talk about what the market is looking like or what your company's response to X is, or I saw that your company was in the news, would love to discuss more about that, or I'm looking for a role. And, you know, based on your career journey, I think there's some things that I could learn, some insights I can gain from you. I still do that myself. I've done, I did that a couple of weeks ago on a Monday and the person responded that day and we were on the phone on Thursday. Like it's really, people are home, they're more um, open to these sorts of chats. So I think that's a, a, a good place to start. Additionally, I've been seeing events all over the place for any topic, pick your topic and there's virtual events, it's more accessible. There's people from all over the country. And so attending those events, and what I do is I look at who's commenting and I look them up on LinkedIn afterwards. I look at who's speaking and really just trying to find a way to connect with those people, I think um, works well also. Um, and then there's still, there's, there's virtual conferences, believe it or not, that are still happening as well. And the technology there is amazing. I was on one a couple weeks ago and people, their, their mini profiles are there and you can click on that and connect with them. And they, there was a virtual actual networking hour that happened at the end of it. So I think there's still opportunities. We're networking in a different way, but there's still opportunities to network and connect with people. So it's about being open, it can be uncomfortable if this is not what you're used to and just getting into the part of this process that feels the most comfortable to you until you can work your way up from there. So obviously people of color face, you know, greater challenges while interviewing and job hunting um, and hiring. And I think in this moment, we're seeing a lot of people be really uh, open and honest about some of the things they've faced. And on top of that, the pandemic has sort of ex exacerbated um, the existing circumstances for women and people of color in particular who've been kind of most impacted by a lot of the job losses. So can you talk a bit about the hurdles that people of color face, even in the best of times, and how that might be compounded right now? 
Yeah, yeah. So in general, you know, we know that people of color are hired um, at less rates than their white counterparts. They're hired for lower level roles. Uh, the pay is not comparable, et cetera. You know, we, we see the statistics and we know that. And there's so many reasons and that, that are the cause of that, running from hiring processes that are not equitable, overt, covert racism, biases that are there. Um, so there's a lot that was already at play with this process. And I think that now that we're going through this pandemic, what we're finding is that one, um, people of color are being Un they're, they're unemployed at higher rates, like even the unemployment rate that's out there, there's like one figure for white folks and another figure for people of color and it's it's staggering. And so we're getting let go at, at higher rates and then it's harder for us to get new jobs. And so it's just really compounding the problem. And so I think that because of all of that though, and, and where we are today as we're recording this, I think it's come to the forefront, it's always been a thing. It's always been an issue, but we're in a unique time in history right now where it's coming to the forefront and where people are motivated to do something about it. So while, yes, there are still some companies, I'm sure some industries where they still need to work through, I know for me, I'm having a lot of DNI uh, leaders at companies, HR folks, recruiters talking about how do we diversify our pipeline? How do we create equitable systems in our processes in general? So I think this is a unique time for us to do something about it. Um, that said, it's, it's going to be a process. And so in the meantime, I think the advice that I would give to women, people of color, people who are historically underrepresented in these um, arenas is to one, find some community. I think being able to talk to other people who are going through similar situations as you, to vent, to commiserate, to do all of those things, but then to talk about how do we actually move the needle and work together and pool our resources, I think is really important. And then I think it's even more important for us to do some of the things I talked about earlier, putting ourselves out there and don't, for me, I get the stats that are out there. I understand the narratives, but I refuse to own them. So yes, the average black woman makes 61 cents uh, as it relates to a white man. That's cool, but I don't own that as a stat that I'm going to deal with. And so I do what I need to do, negotiating, um, making sure that I know my market research, et cetera, so that I'm not in that statistic, so to speak. And so I would really want to uh, uh, challenge anyone who's listening who is in one of these demographics to, to really empower, feel empowered to take on the charge of standing up, speaking up for themselves, saying something when something doesn't feel right, getting advocates, really looking to for mentorship, sponsorship in these areas to help them navigate this process. And then my challenge would also be to these organizations to do something different. Things must change. And I think we're seeing this bubble up now where the status quo was no longer going to be tolerated. And so it's about not checking the box, not just doing the, the statements and the things like that, but really overturning the systems and the processes that are inequitable. Yeah, you're, it's it's unfortunate that there's no video component to go along with this and see how like vigorously we are we are all <laughs> nodding. But yes. but uh, yeah, this this is a topic that we we, we cover a lot, and and I, I think you're you're right on that that DNI has been something that has been talked about a lot, and now I feel like is the time that we're going to actually see more action behind those words.
Yeah. And what's interesting, an interesting point I'll add there is that, so right now we're in this, uh, you know, strained economy, strained jobs market, but there will be a time when we move past this. And I think employers need to understand that we're taking notes, right? So which companies did well, who didn't? Who was hiring, who didn't? Who was humane in this process and who wasn't? Um, and so who just was paying lip service and who actually took action? So I think like this is not a, a challenge that I give, the call to action that I give to employers is not just something cute to say. I think it will impact the kind of top talent you have from women, from black people, from Latinx folks. Like it, this will impact the, the top talent you could have had if you do not answer the call, if you do not do things differently. So I just really want to, you know, say that. Our, our last episode was actually about the, the other kind of big thing that's happening right now is, is the mental health impact at work and how I think we are living through, you know, certainly one of, if not the most stressful time in, in our, you know, most people's working lives. How how can people balance a job search, which you kind of have to put, as you've been saying, like you have to put your best face forward. You have to put your best self forward. You have to be an advocate for yourself at a time when, you know, you're, you're probably potentially not feeling so great about yourself and maybe not feeling so great about the world and, and your mental well-being. So I think a few things here. The first, first and foremost, is to give yourself some grace. So we are not in a space in life, in time, in history where, the way that you operated seven, eight, nine months ago is the way we're going to operate now. So maybe before it would have been every day I'm going doing this and I'm doing what I need to do. Today, it is totally fine for you to take some mental health breaks. Like if you need to spend two days where you are not opening your, your laptop, you are not applying, you're not scheduling informational chats, then that's fine. I know that there's an end goal around um, getting a job, but your mental health is number one. You cannot interview well, you cannot put your best foot forward on those first few days at the job if you're not in a good space. And so I think really just taking the time to be realistic about the goals that you set, realistic about your timelines. Maybe before six months and I'll be somewhere else. Maybe let's take off timelines, right? Um, where applicable. And, and really just think about how do I embark on a search that's not going to burn me out. So I think that's the first thing. Um, and then I think there's really something to be said around a mission-driven job search, a values-driven job search, which I know sounds a little cheesy, but really being strategic around the companies that you're applying for. And again, I understand in some cases this is not applicable, but where applicable, thinking about the types of companies you want to work for and getting excited and getting energized by that, the mission of the work that they're doing or how they're impacting the community. This is something that I'm really excited by. And so I, I, I'm okay investing my energy and my time in doing this, really just trying to figure out how can you draw energy from this process? Maybe if you're an extrovert and you know staying inside is killing you right now, then using this opportunity to I like let's do video chats instead of the phone, or I really do want to engage and get like find the parts of the process that make you feel good and energize you and lean into that uh, to kind of give you that boost that you need during this time. But I think above all else is really just giving yourself that grace, taking the time that you need and taking the breaks that you need throughout the process. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people need to hear that. I think I think everybody needs to hear that, whether or not they're, they're job searching. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. That was Dorian St. Fleur, a diversity and inclusion strategist. 
that was really helpful and I really like what she had to say about about like this moment in time and kind of giving giving yourself grace not only in in the mental health aspect but also in the the kind of tempering your expectations I feel like that was really realistic job hunt advice yeah I mean I feel like this is such an interesting moment because it's not the beginning of the crisis you know like she said where things felt very much like we have no idea what the timeline will be you know now we're in this kind of weird in-between period where you know, it's been this way for a couple of months, but things are changing and there's still like no sense of when this will resolve. And I think for a lot of people, the sort of mental impact of that feels very different than what it felt like at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I liked how she even said that she wouldn't usually give people the advice to sort of, like you said, temper their expectations and maybe look for a job in another industry, but how this is just a weird moment. And it doesn't mean that you have to give up your kind of long-term aspirations. Yeah, and the and you know the the piece too because I I feel like a lot of people are feeling that piece of like nobody's hiring, I can't do anything, you know. So I think that was really valuable that it's like yeah, there are things that you can do even if it's not the traditional applying for a job. There are you know some actions you can take which I think all feed into everything else, right? Like make you feel better about okay, at least I'm doing something, at least I'm moving in the right direction. What are some other types of industries? What are some types of actions I can do? And yeah, the one silver lining maybe is, is you know, like she said, like people do seem more apt to network and connect now, you know? Definitely. And I think there's just like a greater understanding that this moment, you know, feels so awful for so many people. Um, and the point she made about, you know, for years to come, people will be sharing kind of this, whatever their story is about this moment in time. You know, I, I think there are a lot of very like easy and honest ways that you can talk about this moment of challenge, how you overcame it, what you were doing during this time. And I do think hiring managers will be very understanding of that. It gives that excuse that, you know, we, we've covered a lot and we've talked about a lot of like how to explain a gap on your resume. It's like now everybody has a built in how to explain this gap on their resume. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I was also just really heartened to hear that people are actively reaching out to her and talking to her about actually prioritizing diversity and inclusion. So that's really, really great. Yeah, that's that's probably the biggest silver lining of this time, because it's it's, you know, that, you know, like she said, that people are maybe finally like putting more stock in in that and 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 rightfully that we that those companies will be taken to task for if they're not in the Mm -hmm. future yeah it's kind of interesting to think about you know i mean so much of the advice that's geared towards people who are searching for jobs has to be like very much in the moment you're trying to figure out what to do now and you know in a short time zone but like i think it's really important to remember that everybody's paying attention to what companies are doing in this moment and there you know hopefully will be repercussions for companies that are are not prioritizing diversity in the way that they should have been historically Um, You know, I think there's definitely greater focus on that now, which is so nice to see. Yeah, I guess a a couple of small, small but important silver linings out of a really, really horrible situation that millions of people are in. that's all for this episode be sure to subscribe to secrets of the most productive people wherever you listen what questions do you have about being productive and staying sane during this uncertain time let us know by leaving us a voicemail at 833-582-FAST and we will find you an expert to answer your question or you can tweet your question with the hashtag fc most productive or email us at most at fastcompany.com 
Those are also in show notes for this episode, along with related articles with more tips. And if this episode was helpful, please let us know. Leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. You can follow Fast Company on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Secrets of the Most Productive People is produced by Joshua Christensen.